This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, whether that's Rovers throwing in a drab nil-nil in the Championship or taking Newcastle all the way to a penalty shootout in the fifth round of the FA Cup, You'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So, the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. To see where Dubai takes you now, visit DubaiPresents.com. Hello, this is Sam Smodix here and welcome to the 4000 Holes podcast. You are listening to the 4000 Holes podcast, brought to you by the people at BRFCS.com and sponsored by the lovely people at the Terrace. everybody to a very special edition of the 4000 holes podcast because this is the rovers fighting talk 2023-24 grand final we've already had two incredibly tense semi-finals but this this is the big one and we've got a panel that have been absolutely foaming at the mouth in the last 24 hours desperate desperate to compete in the rovers fighting talk final so let me waste no further time and introduce them. Top left-hand corner of my Zoom screen is the host of the What Now show on the 4000 Holes podcast. He cruised through his semi-final largely because he got the uh, the, the host's special award for uh, getting my answer. But notwithstanding that, he's looking confident tonight. Roger, how are you feeling? I am great. Thank you for having me back, Ian, for the final. I've been altitude training at a special boot camp for Fighting Talk, eating nothing but raw meat and watching Rocky Ford montages over and over and over all day. Perfect I training. Was Actually, I, I was up till three o'clock this morning watching my beloved Buffalo Bills get knocked out of the playoffs. And I'm a bit, bit tired, a bit sleepy, but I'm still confident. I don't know what it's like to support a team that gets knocked out in the playoffs. It's been a while. It's been a while. Touché. Bottom left-hand corner of my Zoom screen is the Marple Leaf himself, Michael Taylor. He's resplendent in a blue and white scarf. Is it? Is it a BRFCS 4000 Olds version? It is indeed. So that's one piece of merch we can't give him if he wins this contest tonight. Michael, how are you? Hey, super. Fighting fit. Yeah, and raring to go. Marvellous. 
Rogue. In the centre of my bottom row is our youngest panellist. He also contributes to the What Now show on the 4000 Old podcast. He's our journalism student. He's coming to us live, deep in enemy territory in Preston. It's Matt Grimshaw. Matt, how are you this evening? Yeah, I'm very good, thank you. Thanks for having me on again. Well, you, you're here on merit, young man. You were in the semi-final top two, so you're here. And finally completing this rogues gallery in the bottom right hand corner live from a hotel room in reading i don't know whether he's putting together a consortium to buy the football club or he's just desperate for a quiet night away from the wife and kids who knows mr delap how are you i am very well and it's a bit of a blend of those two things but i just had to say i thought i'd come to the one location where the football ownership is arguably worse than ours just to make me feel better but (laughs) delighted to be here marvelous excellent Well, let's waste no time. Let's get straight into this grand final for season 23-24. The first question, round one. New Year is, of course, a time for resolutions. But what New Year's resolution would you like to impose on which Rover's employee? And that can be a playing or non-playing staff employee. Right now, for the greater good of the club. And I'm going to start with Mike Dillap. Mike. So, I've actually gone with... A good friend of all of ours called Mr. Ben Benson, uh, our beloved uh, coach. Um, I think his New Year's resolution should be to actually teach any of our players, I'm not actually fussy over which ones, to actually defend ably from a set piece. I thought that would be like a basic remit of uh, this sort of job as a whole. But here we are, we've got a new year, new him, we're going to settle in. I'm even going to say it might be time to sort of get a corner in the corner and then shove the corner directly into the box for someone to try and score again from a set piece. So I'm going to say, even if this just permeates around the club, someone understand their job title like Ben, master it, and that might rub off on some of the others as well. Fantastic. Excellent start. Strong arguments put forward there. Next, I'm going to come to Matt Grimshaw. Matt, New Year's resolution. Who at Rovers is the lucky recipient of your New Year's resolution? Now, I've gone for a, a fairly simple one, or one that should be fairly simple, and it's actually for um, the younger half of the Wharton contingent in the side. Um, and I'd simply like Adam to just pull his socks up, because every game, the, his socks are by his ankles, it doesn't look like he's got shin pads on, and when we're struggling with injuries enough as it is, it's, it's an unnecessary risk to take. Uh, and I'd also like to give a similar mention to Dylan McCande, whose shin pads always seem to be falling out for whatever reason. It's very much the trend, isn't it, these days, our postage stamp shin pads. I know Jack Grealish is, I think, uh, the, the size of an English muffin. Absolutely extraordinary. It takes me back to my days when they used to have three or four Velcro straps wrapping this enormous pad, almost like cricket pad, around your, around your shins. But there we go. Showing my age. Right, Michael Taylor, New Year's resolutions. Who, what, and how would you impose it? Well, it's got to be for our chief executive, Steve Wagger. He's 68. Um, So we're moving up from the pitch and the dressing room up to the boardroom. Steve, your New Year's resolution should be spend more time with your family. I bet they're missing you. Those long journeys up to wherever it is that you live that's not in the Lancashire area. Go and leave rovers to somebody who's actually got a clue as to how to run a football club. I was waiting for that name to crop up. You didn't let me down. Roger, finish off round one. New Year's resolution. Who at Rovers is receiving your New Year's resolution? 
Now, a lot of my answers tonight are going to be very trivial and hopefully quite humorous and hopefully something that the listeners will enjoy. But for answer one, I'm going to go straight to the top. I'm going to take Michael's idea, but I'm going to go one better. I'm going to cut out Steve Waggett. I've heard enough of his rubbish and his sort of lies and sort of spin of action. I want to go straight to the very top, and I want one of the three Venkies to come to the this season, show the face, speak to the people who are at Ewood Park. What is the plan? What's going to happen in the future? Where are we going? Are they selling? Are they going to commit more money into it? How long are the court hearings going to go on? It's been nearly 15 years of ownership now. I've just had enough of it. I have a lot of trivial answers written down about the marketing and the ticking office or Ben Benson, some good ideas that have been uh, banded about by the gents earlier on tonight. But it all comes down to the huge issue at the club at the moment. Whenever things are going bad, it rears its head, as it should, every single time. And that is... What are Venkis going to do with Rovers for the next 10 years? Are we going to have a club in 10 years' time? Who knows? Strong start. Strong start, gentlemen. Well done, everybody. The scores on the doors at the end of round one, then. In joint third place, we have Matt and Mike with two points. And in joint first place, we have Michael and Roger with five points. So it's all nip and tuck very early days yet. But we shall see how the scores unfold. So round two is the listener's question. And what we're going to do now is we're going to get a, a young man on the line from, uh, I think he's on the outskirts of Sheffield, uh, on line one. Have we got uh, Stuart on line one? Hello, good evening. Hello, panel. Hey, Stuart. Hi, Stu. It's Joe. Good to be on. Good to be on the show. They're not ingratiating themselves much with you, are they? In a desperate attempt to get free points. I, I was hoping. I was hoping for a bit more bribery or some yeah. nice, nice comments. Not forthcoming. Uh, I'm just uh, the points, just for the re- Stuart. Just for the record, I'm still just. I'm trying not to implement too much after the deception that was my answer in the semi-finals. You awarded me five points for. I'm still living off that and still very grateful. And I'd just like <laughs> you to know that ahead of this round. <laughs> it's just a terrible shame that he's not scoring this in the final tonight, isn't no. it? But there we go. Okay, uh, listener Stuart, thank you very much for taking the time and trouble to call in. You have a question for the panel, and you are going to award five points to one person at the end of the round. What is your question? So, with Gladiators making a triumphant return to TV the other weekend, which player, past or present, would make the best Gladiator and what would their gladiator name be? That's a great question. I'm going to start with uh, Matt Grimshaw. I don't know if he's any relation, but uh, Matt, who would your gladiator be? Um, So I'm actually going to start you off with the name, and he's called The Thunder from Down Under. Um, A tough-tackling man who would never back down from a challenge. I've gone for Ryan Nelson. Michael, who would your gladiator be? I think there's only one. And it's got to be, I'll give you his gladiator name first. It's a bit of a clue. The Shearer. Because he would absolutely <laughs> mow down any opponent with any kind of rubber implements that we give him in the polystyrene surroundings. Tough as anything. People would bounce off him. And when he needed to, he'd go down as well as a, tact- as a use of tactical upper body strength. There's only one, Alan Shearer. Splendid stuff. Roger, who would your gladiator be? 
Oh, I, I just enjoyed every minute of doing research on this because I was reminded of one of my idols from the 1990s. I'm sure I remember him, Stuart. Wesley Two Scoops Berry, an absolute icon of gladiators at that time, the eternal champion, the universe champion, whatever he was given at that time. And that got me thinking, who would be good at it? And I was trying to think of it logically and thinking, what do you need to be a gladiator? So people think it's about the muscles, the size being imposing. It is that. So there's a lot of agility, a lot of handwork in terms of with the pugil sticks on jewel or the rings on hang tough. Uh, and I thought there can only be one man for the job. He has this nickname in America. I've never heard it. I've never heard any Rovers fans refer to him as this. But his nickname in America is the Human Wall. And that is Rovers' best ever goalkeeper, Brad Friedel. He would be my choice. Could you imagine trying to get round Brad at one of those games where you've got to put a, a bowl in a bucket? It's essentially goalkeeping. He'd be fantastic at it. He's American. The ratings. He looks like a gladiator. Come on. He looks the perfect man for the role. And uh, yeah, the Human, the human Wall, Brad Friedel. Excellent. And to finish us off in this round is Mike Delap. Mike, who would your gladiator be? Absolutely. Well, I mean, some top answers already, but I've, I'm, I'm so pleased no one mentioned my answer. Otherwise, that was going to be a truly frightening late scribble down onto the pad here. Um, I've actually gone with the Congo mammoth, uh, Chris Samba. Um, purely for the, the, the sort of the diversity of the skill range on a gladiator show. So, Imagine those legs, those long legs on hang tough. Imagine those arms grabbing someone on the wall. Imagine the reach in the pudral sticks of Jewel. So exciting, so much dexterity. Honestly, I don't even think you'd need another gladiator. You could just cart him out for every event, save money as a show, as a spectacle, and just watch the coins come in um, off the back of that. I'm liking the idea of you proposing something that saves money. I think that this is very definitely Rovers fighting talk in those circumstances. Oh, All strong gone, answers. Uh, I wouldn't like to be the person. Waggot. I wouldn't like to be the person who's got to try and distinguish between those. But call the Stuart on line one. To whom are you awarding the five points for round two? The four four really good answers, and I wouldn't like to face either of them. To be honest, I was watching Gladiators this weekend, and the game where the contender has to face three gladiators in the the half pipe and they've got to run from one end to the other. In the original series, that was a really difficult game. The gladiators would get hired out of there, no problem. They'd, they'd, they'd come with spraying muscles and everything out at the end of it. But at the moment, the contestants just seem to be, to be waltzing through it. So I think out of the four answers, the person that had improved that game the most would be Brad Friedel. So my, my points go to Roger. Yeah. Thank you very much, Stuart. Um, long time, long time listener, first time caller. I think uh, is, is that right? That's correct. Yes. Splendid. Well, uh, thank you for your uh, contribution, and uh, look forward to hearing you dial in again to a future uh, a future episode. Thank you very much. Good luck, everybody. So, what does that do to the scores? Well, it gives us a, a clear leader at this early stage and puts a marker down for sure. Uh, in joint third place, no no change, not surprisingly, is Matt and Mike on two points. Michael still has five, but now out in the lead is Roger. He's got the five points again. Can the rest of the crew haul him back in the remaining four rounds? When Cynthia came to TurboTax, she had just launched her new side gig a true crime podcast. I'm a first-rate detective with a golden voice. 
As her TurboTax expert, I made her second income count by guaranteeing 100% accurate filing and her maximum refund. <clears throat> what did she do with that refund? Find out next week. Switch to Intuit TurboTax and make your moves count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. This break is brought to you by Adobe Photoshop. If you're a professional photographer, designer, or artist, you need the tools to go wherever your imagination takes you. Cookie cutter content just doesn't cut it. But you already knew that. What you might not know is that new AI-powered features in Photoshop can help you make complex edits in seconds. And it's easier than ever to collaborate and give feedback so you can create faster and crush your next deadline. Get started for free. Click or tap the banner to head over to Photoshop.com. Hello, Sonder Tronster here. This is the 4,000 Hold Podcast. Let's go to round three and see what we can do then to uh, give people an opportunity to bring it back. Which non-footballing sports person do you think could transfer over from their sport to football in order to improve Rovers' current plight by bringing their unique set of hopefully transferable sporting skills down to Ewood? And I'm going to start this time with Michael. Well, there's only one Lancashire person in, foot, in, in a non-footballing role who I'd like to see at Rovers to bring his motivational spirit and his bulking presence to the back four at Ewood Park. And that would be none other than the Gypsy King, Tyson Fury. So come on, you big dosser. Me and the team. I'll sort you all out once and for all. No one will get past me. I'm the Gypsy King. So we'll give you a point for the answer and a point for the impression. I think that's really good. I should make it now that the rest of you've got to do an impression of your nomination as well, I think, to make it fair. <laughs> okay, uh, Mike Dilap. We'll go from Michael to Mike this time. Which non-footballing <laughs> sports person are you going to add to the Ewood roster? I've, I've less focused on the answer now, more on the impression that I might have to do at the end, just for the record. <laughs> if but, you want um, the points. <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe, maybe. Um Anyway, I'm going to have to tread carefully here because I appreciate what I'm going to propose is really, to be fair, illegal. Um, <laughs> I've actually uh, sort of nominated uh, Mr. Lance Armstrong for his <laughs> in um, in medication, sports science, uh, his ability to sort of bring through. Basically, also, if he can get on the edge of their nutrition uh, and also get them on a round of um, sort of perform legal performance enhancing drugs. Uh, a very sharp improvement in their performance over time. There's even the bonus if you followed Lance Armstrong's career as well of his ability to round up a group of people onto a coach, which, you know, disclosure may have been leased, may have been bought, it's difficult to say, uh, and take them through a, you know, a, a brief round of um, rehabilitation before getting them back on the road. So I'd really like to see Lance here. At the club, um, and I'd also like to end with an impression by saying I have never tested positive for performance-enhancing drugs. <laughs> well, given given by your previous um, experiences on the fighting talk, I think performance-enhancing is not a phrase that we've normally associated with you. It has to be said. But well done there. Excellent answers, as always. Uh, we are going to move now to Roger. Roger, which non-footballing sports person would you move to Ewood Park? So my sporting person would be Max Verstappen, mainly because he doesn't let anything get past him. And that's what we need at the moment, a defence or a goalkeeper, someone to keep some clean sheets. We're crying out for some winning spirit there at the back. He won 17 of 22 races this year. 
you can imagine him being in the back line. He's competitive. He's not bothered about making friends or enemies when the public perception is against him. He'd he'd do anything to win. That's what uh, sets him apart. Plus, he'd bring a rather large crowd with him who'd all be after orange shirts, and I could get them some orange shirts. Who knows with that one? Uh, yeah, so I think Max Verstappen. Yeah, uh, can I do a Max Verstappen impression? I don't know. I don't really listen to uh, Formula One anymore, unless. But only when I hear him is when he's sulking. So I'll. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll have to work on that for uh, for next year's fighting tour. But yeah, Max Verstappen, he's my pick. Okay, interesting nomination. It's not Max Verstappen that's doing all the winning, though. It's his car, isn't it? It's nothing to do with him. It's just a bloody car. So okay. if, I was drive, if I was driving that car, Ian, I don't think I'd have won 17 out of 22 races. But uh, <laughs> fair point. Splendid. Is it, is it least, though? Is it least of all the car? <laughs> yeah, actually, Mikey Delap can actually save Max some money on the car if he wants, and some fuel, fuel cards, perhaps. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, hook up afterwards, Mikey. I'll give you a shout. Yes, welcome to the Fighting Talk Business Forum here. We're going to end the round by Matt Grimshaw giving us his nomination for a non-footballing sports person to add to the Ewood Park roster. Now, I thought... This, um, with the answer that I was originally going to go for, I thought it would fit the model of Rovers. I was going to go for Luke Littler, the young prodigy whose accuracy is exceptional. But I haven't actually gone for him. And oh. my actual pick would say, Huda is that guy. I've gone for Conor McGregor purely because we need to sell tickets, we need to sell shirts, and nobody does it better than him. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. I think Luke Littler was an inspired choice, I have to say. I'd, I'd probably have gone with him with our youth policy. That could have uh, could have gone in quite nicely. Right, that's my the, second choice as well. That's the end of round three. And so in fourth place is Mike Dillap with four points. In third place is Matt Grimshaw with five points. In second place is Michael Taylor with seven points. And out into the lead... As a result of his excellent performance in round two is Roger with 11 points. Still all to play for, though, as there are three rounds left to go. So we move on to round four now, and we're going to bring big business into the fighting talk world. The recent purchase of a minority stake in Manchester United by Sir Jim Ratcliffe of Ineos seems set to bring fresh ideas as well as fresh money to the Old Trafford hierarchy. But which business behemoth would you like to see taking over the reins at Ewood Park? Why? And what would you hope would be their first innovation? And I'm going to start with Roger. So I bounce around with about seven or eight different names. And when it comes to business behemoths, most of them are not particularly what we call unsavory characters who I wouldn't want anywhere near the club anyway. So I've decided to go for a CEO and a CEO who was the CEO of Greg's up until May 2022. His name, you might wonder, Roger Whiteside. That's right, Roger Whiteside. Not me, another Roger Whiteside was the CEO of Greg's. Uh, so the first thing he would implement would be free yum-yums and free steaks for everyone in uh, the home support. Uh, not only that, in terms of his business acumen, though, he rose the share price at Greg's 580% in his time. So he's obviously got a business acumen. And uh, what I would love the most, and the reason why I would really enjoy it, is because when Roger Whiteside, not me, the other Roger Whiteside, was the head of Greg's, I used to get so many messages on LinkedIn from disgruntled Greg's employees, <laughs> potential staff members. Uh, Piers Morgan. 
everybody <laughs> used to get in touch with me. So if he was the CEO of Rovers, I'd maybe get the faxes that were going to sign Lewis O'Brien. And, you know, if I was on the ball, I would forward them on. And, you know, vis-a-vis, mm-hmm. -vis, I could uh, help save the club. So, yeah, former Greg CEO. I think he's called Mark as his middle name. So Roger Mark Whiteside. There you go. That's my thing. Oh. That's an excellent answer, but slightly narcissistic. So, <laughs> how is it narcissistic? It's not me. Can it be narcissistic by? <laughs> That's for arguing that it's not narcissistic. <laughs> it's the final. Yeah, you've just you've just got to take people down. Excellent stuff. I'm going to come to Matt next. Then, Matt, who would you like to see getting involved from the business world in Rovers? You see, I really struggled with this and I watched a quick bit of Dragon's Den for inspiration um, and I thought about Gary Neville. It doesn't seem to be going too well for him at Salford, so I don't think he's just ready yet for a, for a bit of a jump up. So I've actually gone for a completely different one and I've again gone for a marketing point of view. Uh, and I've gone for YouTuber, American YouTuber, Mr. Beast. Now, mainly because his videos are outrageous and mental and he throws money at anything. So I'm hoping that he would do exactly that with us. Uh, I would like him to do a video saying I gave a football club all the money I have to see what they see how they would do because I can imagine that that's something it would do and I can imagine that the advertising for the club would be exceptional from that point of view. I think Rovers need to move into the 21st century that's absolutely certain so getting a key YouTube influencer it's got to be next on the list isn't it it's absolutely got to be next on the list. I'm going to come to Mike Delap next. Mike, who from the business world would you like to see involved at Rovers? I was a little bit like Matt. I'd, I'd scribbled down a few names and it sort of in who came in in second place, just missed the cut, was Richard Branson, not just because of his sort of, you know, diverse range of business skills, but to be fair, also because he owns a small remote island that we can retreat to and it all goes horribly wrong. And, you know, imagine current times, for instance. Um, but having said that, what I settled on, and I do accept there's a, a technical factor that might prevent this, but I actually went with Steve Jobs. Um, obviously big 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 face um, the reason I wanted him at the club was uh, really because he's kind of a very much a reverse of what we're seeing now he's very keen on being face of a business so giving the you know the business some actual you know an actual front to it rather than you know perhaps cowardly hiding on another continent uh, he also gave everybody more accountability over what they were doing you know even you know regularly did live seminars to sort of engage with his staff and, and sort of motivate them um, top of that as well, a bit of inspiration. But the reason, the first technical innovation I want him to bring to the club is a little bit of positivity as well. It literally just radiated out of him whenever he spoke. And again, it would just make a nice, interesting blend from just the constant negativity, um, you know, and, and facelessness of the of our okay, corporation, our club at the moment. Just one minor problem, Mike. I, I, I failed to spot it. I failed to spot it. But, um, so I have to give you a yeah. for the fact that it might be very difficult to get him. To, to no, no. Look, I in the semi-final, I pitched you a sporting occasion that you couldn't possibly attend. I feel like it was a benchmark <laughs> which I should live from. I feel as though some, feel as though somewhere Tim Cook must be sat there going, I am literally sat right Hello? here. Hello? <laughs> Hello? <Yeah. So> <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Let's let, let's round off round four by going to Michael Taylor. Michael, you you write oh. business columns. Which business behemoth do you want to get involved with Rovers? Well, I do. And I find the whole billionaire oligarchs and oil rich nation states parading around to try and buy sporting clubs in order to sports watch their reputations quite grotesque. I'm going to the other, I'm going to the other end of the extreme. I'm going for the most wholesome business 
on the British High Street. Simpsons. People who cut your keys, repair your shoes, and do your dry cleaning. Run by a really, really lovely family called the Simpsons. John, James, they're in about the fourth generation of people who work there now. A little bit of a confession. I've been to prison with James Timpson to look at his workshop that he's got there. So he knows all about giving offenders a second chance. Maybe he'd be a little bit more tolerant in giving some of our players a run in the team when uh, they seem to fall out of favour far too quickly with the present management. So, yes, I'm going to go for the Timpson family, despite the fact that they're Man City fans. They really should be involved with Northampton Town, though, shouldn't they? Cobblers. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's true. <laughs> well, they're from Manchester. So they're... Good answers, good answers. So it's closing up a bit in round four. In joint third place, we have Matt and Mike still, but they're both on nine points. Just ahead of them on 12 points is Michael, and just ahead of Michael on 14 points is Roger. So all to play for with two rounds left to go. Who is going to be crowned Rovers Fighting Talk champion for 23-24? Listen and you will find out. We're back with round five now. This is the quickfire round. The idea here is that each of our panellists gives us a short, sharp answer, no waffle. At this time of year, it's traditionally the award season, with the likes of Golden Globes and Oscars, etc. being handed out. But in the world of football, to whom would you award the Oscar for Best Actor and why? And I'm going to start with Matt. The first answer I came up with was Ben Wilson, the Coventry goalkeeper, for his exceptional... exceptional acting, pretending to kick the ball when he indeed used his hand. I am not bitter still, I promise. Um, and I've also got written down Arnaud Danjuma of Everton because, as Dyche said, he flies from Manchester to Liverpool every day for training. He's already living like a movie star. It just makes sense for him to move into that career. Excellent stuff. Really good. Uh, Roger, let's come to you next. Yeah, my pick is uh, former Rovers right winger and Lynn's Lewis' favourite player of all time, Craig Conway, because there's never a man that could take a part in Soccer AM's scenes from Platoon. It was Craig Conway when he, he what would you call it, falling with style. Uh, so yes, Craig Conway, he would be my actor. And uh, yeah, I think it would be popular with a certain demographic of the fans, namely the, the fans in Nottingham called Absolutely. Lynn's Lewis. Yes, a very, a very narrow but deep demographic in terms of the Passion, Passionate. Passionate. Narrow passionate. That's passionate a good word. Habits. That's a good word. Michael. Well, someone who's making all the headlines at the moment in the world of football for all the wrong reasons and, and making such an absolute tit of himself is Joey Barton. I can't believe he's doing anything other than playing a role. He's playing a role of Joey Barton, the man who wants to become the Piers Morgan of sport, the shock jock of choice, the, the absolute gobshite to beat all gobshites. Even today, he's been tweeting uh, some old images of Blackburn with pictures of white people and white kids on it, saying these are the people that built, built the empire. So he's making such a fool of himself. He's saying things that are so outrageous, I can only assume it's all an act for effect. Great Just as answer. bad as his French accent when he was playing for Marseille. <laughs> Great answer. Very strong stuff indeed. Let's close off round five with Mike Dillap. 
I have a gold and silver here. I must admit, in, in a strong gold in recent weeks, I've given my award to uh, Ivan Tony, uh, the Brentford striker, who has played the part of a person who quite blatantly wants to move to a top six club, um, while simultaneously on the other side of his face pretending that he's delighted to still be at Brentford as well. It's been a phenomenal watch this series the last few weeks in terms of, yes, I'm happy, delighted to be at Brentford, can't wait to see how the clubs go. Turns around, honestly, lads, where's my million, £60 million pound bid from Liverpool? I I've literally got my bags packed in the other room and I am off the minute you tell me I'm off. It has been stunning work watching him appease both sides. And I've also given a little silver to um, Clinton Moller as well, who uh, uh, somehow managed to do such a good job of pretending to be a professional footballer uh, that he got signed by a, a certain club last year. Answer that. Not a mention at all of Mr. Tony's use, creative use of shaving foam at the weekend, which I thought was was quite something, I have to say. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that before in all my days of watching football. Any road. Right, ladies and gentlemen, Fighting Dork has one round after this one, but what are the scores on the doors leading into it? Well, it's really, really compressing now, because in joint third place, we have Matt and Mike on 12 points. And in joint first place, we have Michael and Roger on 16 points. It's really all to play for. Don't forget the top two go through to do the Defend the Indefensible round and fight head-to-head -head for the crown of Rovers Fighting Talk champion. But it's all still to play for. Four thousand holes in Blackburn, Lancashire. It's from a Beatles song. Give it a listen. So the final round is the any other business round. This is where the panelists get a chance to rant about absolutely any aspect of modern life in order to provide some personal catharsis. So you have the chance here to nominate something that's really grinding your gears, and if it resonates with me, you'll get the points. So let's do it by starting with Matt. Any other business? Matt, fire away. I have to say, I think this may be my worst answer of the evening. Um, but I've gone for <laughs> the new bottle caps on soft drinks. The ones that stay on when you unscrew it, it's still there. I understand the message behind it. I understand why they do it. But there's got to be a better way because it is so annoying. It stops you from drinking it how you want. It probably stops me drinking it as fast as I want, which could be seen as a good thing. But it was the one thing that we never had at Rovers. But recently, they have got them in. Uh, and I am very disappointed. I'm not familiar with these, I have to say. I have to say, you have to enlighten me next time we're at Ewood Park. But young person shakes fist at clouds. This is this is a change from the normal scheme of things. Right, Mike Delap, what is your any other business? I I really resisted going for another TV show after my uh, Strictly Come Dancing answer from the semi-final, so I've taken a totally different stance on this. And I do appreciate the irony in this as well. Um, it's not muting your sounds on your sort of Zoom or Google Meet whilst someone else is talking, potentially in a workspace more than anywhere else, rather than a football fighting talk show. Frankly, because it's just rude. You know, nobody on the meeting, whether you're working from home in the office, wants to hear the toilet flush in. Nobody wants to hear you sneezing because you've had a cold over Christmas. Nobody wants to hear your pet guinea pigs weaking because they want some food. Nobody wants to hear your football manager loading up because you're trying to play that in the background rather than do some actual work. 
and nobody wants to hear Line of Duty on the TV because you've watched it for you know, three round robins and you've just been a bit mad in the background as well. Honestly, it's absolutely infuriating. Plus, as someone who's getting old and is 40 this year, sorry to upset anyone who's actually older than me. Sorry, Herbert. <laughs> I can't concentrate. I can't, I'll, come on. I can't concentrate, um, you know, with all that noise going on. Just honestly, everyone mute your cameras and let the person speaking speak. It's a good point. It's a good point. I have to say, so I think one of the byproducts of COVID was improving everyone's ability to recognise what the background noise was and trying to piece together just what was going on slightly off camera, the chaos that you didn't see. Uh, some amazing episodes, which I probably won't go into right now. Michael, what's your any other business? Well, you mentioned, does it grind my gears? Well, it certainly does when I've got them parked in a car park. I go to the machine and I take my card and it's either whatever parking app it is, sometimes it requires you to key in the registration number of your car. And the reason that really grinds my gears is because I actually quite like to hand over a ticket if I've got 20 minutes on it to the next person coming out of the car park. I think it's really endearing. Because basically you're hiring a piece of real estate and you're subletting it to the next person. So the simple act of human kindness, of sharing that piece that you're not stealing from anyone, you're not taking anything from anyone, you, but by giving that ticket and preventing you from doing it because it's got your specific registration on, is an act of meanness that only the parking inspectors of local councils could probably imagine. But yeah, car parking tickets. I, I, I can see that resonated with you. put your number on. It certainly resonates with me as well. I thought you were going to say it's because you couldn't remember your registration number, in which case... Well, I can't. I can't. <laughs> My sympathies yeah. would go out to you. because I have I to walk sim- back and write it down. Or- Similar phenomenon myself. And we will end the Any Other Business round with Roger. We all know that Michael's registration is MT1, so don't bring it that, Michael. <laughs> uh, mine is, I'm planning a wedding at the moment, and honestly, every aspect of planning a wedding is really annoying me. I've, I've uh, sort of muted myself for the, uh, for the podcast there, but your friends, your family, your close people who you think, just RSVP, just do exactly what I'm telling you to do, but they don't do it, and you've got to chase them up. And suppliers as well. If you want to speak to your suppliers, ask them a few questions, you try ringing them, the mailbox is full, they don't respond to your emails, but oh, wait, your payment is due. The second payment or the third payment is due. Can you pay it now? And preferably, actually, can you pay it today? Otherwise, we might not be able to do anything about your booking. And it's just outgoing and outgoing and outgoing. Everyone keeps telling me when you get to the day, it is all worth it. And I'm sure it is. And I love Lucy to bits. And I cannot wait to get married to her. This is not about anything to do with marriage. The the planning into the marriage thing. Oh, my God. It's a daily annoyance. Can't wait till April the 14th and it's all over with. A friend of mine once sort of said, if you want to double your turnover in your business, all you need to do is to put the word wedding in front of whatever it is that you do. Yeah, so rat catcher. I'm a wedding rat catcher. (laughs) Double the hourly rates as a result of that. It is extraordinary. I always always remember, always remember some very, very basic stuff, the cost of which would just go astronomical at the result of putting wedding before it. Right. I think you're being mean, Roger. I think you're being mean. I think he's been brave. I I enjoy enjoy the whole wedding thing so much. I've done it twice. (laughs) Can I can I just say I thoroughly enjoyed the part where Roger thought his missus might be listening yes. so <laughs> yeah. bad that there's a Roger-sized hole in the wall behind him. It was brilliant. Really I've just received it. a text yeah. message from her sort of requesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, how, does, how does every sexist joke start? With a, with a look over the shoulder. <laughs> 
Very good. Yeah, very there, good. There is one. There is one company who I'd love to really slam, and I'm not joking. Every time you try and ring them, their mailbox is full, and then when they ring you back, it's oh, can you pay us? And you're like, oh my word, it's just anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, massive, they, massive, massive deposits message, as well. Do they message you on LinkedIn, Roger, when they can't get you an email? Uh, no. Um, there's people from Greg's message me on LinkedIn. That's the problem, <laughs> you see. So, uh... Very good. Right, the scores on the doors at the end of the AOB round. In fourth place is Matt. In third place is Mike with 15... Sorry, Matt had 14 points. Mike has 15 points. In second place is Michael with 18 points. And just edging it at the end is Roger with 19. So that means our head-to-head, defend the indefensible, is between Michael and Roger. So are you ready for this, gentlemen? So, as you've got the most points, Roger, would you like to go first or second? Uh, I'll go first. Right, Roger, your Defend the Indefensible is... The club's merchandising clearly needs a shot in the arm. Rovers should move away from their traditional blue and white colour scheme and replace it with, say, burgundy and teal. Burgundy and Till, I mean, at least it's not claret and blue. I think Rovers do need to get away from the blue and white harvest. I mean, it's boring year on year having the same kit. I want to have a new range. I want to have maybe stripes sometimes or hoops or different sleeves. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm so sick and tired of blue and white. I mean, I know it's traditional, but what's traditional in football these days? Get rid of it. Get it out. Blue and white halves. It's not working at the moment anyway. So, yeah, get rid of it. Very good. Very good. And right on time as well, as you heard by the ping. Excellent. So, Michael, that's what you've got to beat. Are you ready for your Defend the Indefensible? Bolton Wanderers are on the up, and all right-minded Rovers fans living in the M61 corridor should support their local team and buy season tickets for the Tough Sheet Stadium. Well, absolutely. Why not? Bolton's a local team. They're community owned. They've uh, they've got a, they've got an all right fan base. Um, they, there's even a chance that should those supporters um, go to the stadium, they could have the stadium named after them because they must be on about the twenty four thousandth name since the since it was called the Reebok when it was first opened. Why not? Excellent stuff. Well done, gentlemen. Not easy by any stretch of the imagination. But I think upon considered reflection, I am going to award the Fighting Talk 23-24 Title 2 the Chairman of Greg's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations, Roger. That was a, that was a strong, well, strong answer in challenging circumstances. These guys are here for a good time. I'm here. I've got a sulk if I hadn't won tonight. Honestly, this has been <laughs> a labour of love. <laughs> See me. I work, just to put it in preference, I work in a place where I think Shackleton went to where I worked to do his training for his cold expeditions. It is the, it's the coldest place on earth. I was running around today trying to think of who gladiators were. So, yeah, I'm touched and honoured. And, uh, yeah, great format. Thanks for having me in. Michael, Matt and Mikey commending all the panel. And, uh, yeah, let's do it again next year. It was a, it was a strong final, I have to say. Uh, excellent it performances. Was, yeah. So for the podcast extra, Matt and Mike, do you want to do your DTIs? Excellent. Yeah, you've got to. Right, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll do Matt's first of all then. Forget all or nothing and Sunderland till I die. 
What the world needs now is a, de- a Netflix or a Disney series on Preston North End. Well, I mean, it's a very nice club. They very rarely spend money on transfers. They do the things tra- the traditional way. You know, they try and bring up their youth. They're, they're a very exciting club. They've got I've got a friend in the media department now. I know he'd love to be on camera for a, a show like that. I think it really bring the community together and help Preston get up to the Premier League. That's really good. Very well done. Very well done indeed. Okay, lastly then, Mr. Delap. As a resident of Sheffield, I'm no longer a Blackburn Rover supporter. The transfer of Ben Brereton Diaz means I'm a blade through and through, and so should you. I mean, I don't really know why I should have to defend that. To be perfectly honest, isn't that just perfectly logical? Given that you know Ben has chosen to elevate his career, shouldn't I myself choose to elevate my supporting career by supporting a team that will clearly be in the Premier League for up to four months? That's just good logistics and saves me a lot of time as well. What's not to love? Very good. Excellent stuff, gentlemen. Uh, that, that was an honour and a privilege. I uh, hope you enjoyed taking part as much as we enjoyed listening. Uh, to all the pan- all the panellists in the semi-finals, I'd like to say thank you very much. Uh, and obviously to our four finalists tonight, it was, it was hard fought. I'm sure somewhere Ryan Hildred is sitting back and listening and thinking, I'm coming back next year to regain my title. We shall see. <laughs> But uh, yeah, look, look out for us uh, round about Christmas and we'll, we'll rerun this. Maybe, I don't know, we might have to have quarterfinals this year. We shall see. But congratulations to Roger. Commiserations to Michael, Matt and Mike. That was a terrific effort. Well done, everybody. Why is Rudy right, just go. yeah. Okay. Lovely no chatting, everybody. Thanks once again for all your efforts, Michael. contributions. Right, Appreciate it. You. Cheers, bud. Well done, Ian. Yeah, This is Adam Wharton here. You're listening to the 4000 Horse Podcast. the 90th minute all your mates around you've got your mcnugget share boxes ready to go your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget snatching all three points perfect order mcdelivery now on the mcdonald's app you in at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans.